The Public News Service Daily Newscast, April the 29th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. While the pandemic has fueled soaring profits for the country's richest, it's also exposed growing income inequality in the U.S. Eric Tadoff reports on progressive groups that are optimistic. Washington State could tackle this through its tax code. Legislation that would impose a wealth tax didn't pass in Olympia this year, but likely will be back in 2023. Carolyn Brotherton with the Economic Opportunity Institute says the state has the most regressive tax system in the country. The state wealth tax is one way that we can start addressing this inequality and put resources back into the communities that need it the most, rather than letting this wealth just grow and grow and grow into the hands of the very few at the very top of the wealth distribution. Opponents of the wealth tax say it's essentially a graduated income tax, which is unconstitutional in Washington state. The State Department of Revenue there estimates the tax would affect fewer than 100 people in Washington state. A fiscal analysis found it would raise about $2.5 billion. Users of what is known as Black Twitter, a community that keeps in touch via Twitter about issues of interest to black Americans, are watching changes that might be coming after Elon Musk purchased the social media platform. In a recent study, University of Colorado doctoral student Shamika Klassen found that users rely on black Twitter to seek out recommendations, call out racist businesses, and plug into political activism. But they also complained of police hovering to gather information and outsiders posting racist comments. For example, there would be a tweet that someone tweets out and it gets picked up by another news site and Several people in the interviews brought up the term culture vultures that Black Twitter was experiencing. In interviews, Musk has suggested no matter how controversial, he will only remove content that clearly violates the law, such as an incitement to violence. I'm Roz Brown. Twitter is used by nearly 400 million people, including some of the world's most influential politicians, celebrities, and public figures. Now from the New York Times, the House Thursday overwhelmingly passed legislation that would allow President Biden to use a World War II-era law to quickly supply weapons to Ukraine on loan, sending the measure to Biden's desk hours after he urged Congress to approve tens of billions of dollars worth of additional emergency aid for Kyiv. The Times reports the 417-10 vote to invoke an extraordinary eight-decade-old law reflected a growing bipartisan sense of urgency in the Congress. To bolster the Ukrainian military as it digs in for an ugly and protracted artillery war in the south and east of the country. This is PNS. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul has announced the state will be allocating about $2.6 million to increase financial and medical support for survivors of the Holocaust, the genocide of European Jews during World War II. According to the governor's office, about 40% of New York State's nearly 40,000 Holocaust survivors live in poverty. At a news conference announcing the funding, Hochul said the money would be distributed to nearly 30 organizations who will provide social services to survivors. We are here to recommit ourselves to supporting the survivors. And it is our duty, not just as New Yorkers, but as citizens of the world. And it's something I take very seriously. Hochul says the youngest survivors of the Holocaust now are in their mid-70s and will likely require more support and financial aid as they continue to age. The funding, which is carved from the state's 2023 fiscal year budget, will go towards case management, mental health services, emergency financial assistance, and legal services, among other things. This is Jonah Chester reporting.
Governor Andy Bashir has signed into law legislation that clarifies the definition of child abuse and neglect and allows the state to move faster on suspected abuse cases. Senate Bill 8 sponsor Republican Representative Julie Rock Adams of Louisville says the law changes the risk requirements needed for state services to intervene and begin helping families. We're now able to work with families on the front end and maybe get the addiction treatment that they need, maybe get the counseling that they need, maybe get the mental health services that they need. The latest federal child maltreatment report finds domestic violence and drug abuse are among the highest risk factors for child victims of abuse. Finally, our Mike Moen tells us the Great Lakes, the Puget Sound, and other notable watersheds are afforded massive federal support to coordinate and fund pollution reduction efforts. But the Mississippi River isn't. The Mississippi River, which flows along 10 states, including Iowa, recently landed on American River's 10 most endangered rivers list for 2022. The group's Olivia Dorothy says this well-known river is at a crossroads. Despite existing programs and volunteer efforts to shield it from pollution, such as agriculture runoff, she says the patchwork approach isn't enough. They're not all marching to the beat of the same drum. And so what we hope and what we've seen the EPA do in other watersheds, the EPA does a really, really great job getting everybody working in lockstep. Congress is being asked to approve the Mississippi River Restoration and Resilience Initiative. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member analysts are supported. We're heard on radio stations big and small your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.